Please hold for Armchair Adventurer. That's not the kind of podcast we are. The mailbox is full and cannot accept any messages at this time. Goodbye. I'm going to put you guys in the in the pants of one Joseph Shans of Sacramento, California, who is on an evening drive up into the into the mountains to check on. He has a cabin, and he's got a ski trip coming up this weekend with his family. So he's going to the cabin to check out the snowpack, make sure it's not out of hand. And lo and behold, on this uh, on this mountain, he gets stuck in the snow. <clears throat> And he gets out to start trying to push his car, and uh, really exerting himself, he starts to feel the early symptoms of a heart attack, and decides to get back in his car and sit down, and you know just sit in the heat. He's pretty far from help, so he's he just decides to ride it out. Now, about six hours later, he is lying in the car, going through you know a heart attack, in pain, and. A car pulls up behind him with, uh, and just kind of sits there with the headlights on. And people get out, and he sees and hears people talking. And he sees a pregnant or a woman holding a baby, among others. And he hears these people talking. So he lowers his window to try to call for help. And when he does, they turn off their headlights and stop talking. <clears throat> now, a little bit later, he, has, he sees flashlights coming up behind him bobbing in the night and once again he rolls down his window and calls for help and they the flashlights turn off a couple hours later a red pickup truck pulls up behind him and parks briefly and then leaves now remember that red pickup truck that's going to come back into play uh so after after the sun comes up the next morning and he has uh, for better or worse healed up enough that he thinks he can go ahead and, and walk He's going to walk to the nearest help he can find, go back down the hill the way he came, and on his way down, he passes a 1969 Mercury Montego, which uh, is eventually what makes him realize kind of what happened there when he sees missing posters later for a group of five people who have disappeared mysteriously uh, with their 1969 Mercury Montego. Is that the red truck? No. Uh, Greg, what is a Mercury Montego? It's a family car. Family car, eh? Made coupes, coupes, sedans, and convertible. Mm. But uh, yeah, those. That was a no trucks. Pretty, just a pretty average car. Honestly, like wouldn't wouldn't have. Definitely not a good choice to be going up on a mountain road in February. However, especially in a snowy mountain pass. Right. So, um, <clears throat> kind of a strange night for that guy. As I'm sure you can imagine. And I mean, what would even be going through your head when you're calling out for help? And like, this is like worse than getting ignored. You know, <laughs> this is like <laughs> <laughs> getting stonewalled completely. Yeah. I'd be frankly very afraid, especially mid heart attack. Mm-hmm. Like, so these five, these five men that disappeared, uh, their disappearance in and of itself, is very interesting. It's five men, all in their 20s and 30s, all with some level of mental disability. Wait, no woman with a baby? No woman with a baby. 
uh, that is never really figured out. Sorry to jump yeah. the gun on that one, but I'm glad to clear it out. Now, yeah. yeah. Um, also, side note on the learning disabilities part. Um, so, to my knowledge, two or three of them, I believe, um, had learning disabilities, but the other two were just kind of like known as like slow learners. Like they never had anything diagnosed or anything like that. But yeah. They were one like, one was some un- of them were they had varying levels of, fun- of right. functioning. One was yeah. uh, undiagnosed, and then the other one that Greg is talking about actually didn't have like learning disabilities but he was an army veteran and after his time in the military got into drugs that's his first problem and developed schizophrenia <laughs> um he was considered Whoops. though pretty much a success case by his physicians though how he was able to fight off uh the schizophrenia with the medications and everything was kind of like he did very good at it they call that army strong but the entire reason <laughs> <laughs> the entire reason that they know each other and were together is they were all very, very passionate basketball fans. They were all on a rec league basketball team. Together. I got to go team. for one moment. Okay. We'll just, I'll, I'll just stop. Like, okay, I'll just, sorry. I'll just pick it back up when you're back. It's fine. Okay. One second. Yeah. Take your time, dude. You feel you, dude? Wow. <clears throat> so uh, the reason that all five of these guys were together is that they were all very passionate fans of basketball. They were all on a rec league team called the Gateway Gators. Uh, they they also uh, participated in the Special Olympics in this team. Right. Correct. On the night of the dis- disappearance, they had traveled from Yuba City to Chico, California, to watch uh, Chico play UC Davis. They were cheering on UC Davis. And when the basketball game... <clears throat> got ahead of myself. Nope, never mind. We already covered that. Fuck. <laughs> um, after the game, they left the stadium and they started driving home. They stopped in at a place called Bears Market. They got snacks, milk. Did you see what else? Anything important? No, just just snacks. General Wait, sundries and milk. It's important. It's important that we know they got milk. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Uh, oh, okay. That's a weird drink to uh, yeah, for a drive. Good, good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, hydrated. Yeah, And them stopping into this store is the last time they are seen alive. The boys were due, and I, I'm calling them the boys, but that is what the news actually called them the entire time. Well, it was a uh, mm. like one of their neighbors or something like that. It said like they every time they're talking about him, they collectively referred to him as the boys. The boys. Also, the boys. So yeah. just interesting. There was a Z at the end of that. Yeah, one of like the the store clerk like remembered them because they came in like right at close, and she was yeah. pissed off that she couldn't start closing the store. <laughs> the only Those reason goddamn boys. <laughs> How old cl- were these guys? I mean, these boys, twenties and thirties. Mm. And uh, you, you know what? Boys from the block. <clears throat> Maybe I should just go ahead and um, tell you who they are because we I do have their names. Believe it or not. They are Bill Sterling, Jack Hewitt, Ted Wire, Jack Madruga, who is the owner of the Montego, and then Gary Mattias, who is Gary Mattias is the only one who was not found dead. He has never been found. Oh, oh! Mr. Madruga was actually the only one who had a driver's license. Which is... Yeah, and just in case I didn't like, he drove around everywhere. In case I didn't say it, the one who's never found, Mattias, is the army vet with schizophrenia. Mm. 
Interesting. Pop quiz, Paul. What factoid are we supposed to be remembering right now? The red truck. Good. Nice. Diligent. Uh, they, it was pretty clear that something was wrong when they didn't show up the morning after that UC Davis game. They were supposed to be at a tournament round uh, in their basketball tournament. And uh, didn't show, so everybody knew something was wrong because basketball was like their life. They would not miss this. And when they were reported missing, the state troopers swept the road between uh, Chico and Yuba City, but found nothing. And it wasn't until three days later when a forest ranger in the Plumas National Forest, is that right? Correct. The Plumas National Forest uh, reported that the Montego he had seen parked alongside the road. And it was 70 miles away from Chico in a different direction from where they should have been going. Whoa. Yeah, like they went up. So, like opposite direction or like they passed it? Like they went up into the mountains. Yuba City is like in the the Sacramento Valley, like Central Valley of California. So generally speaking, like the wrong, complete wrong direction. Yeah, they went northeast instead of southwest, which is where they should have been headed. Complete opposite. You said this was winter, right? Yeah, yeah, like it's February. February. Um, so already confusing situation because when they found the car, um, like it was stuck in the snow, but not like it could have easily been pushed by five people out of the snow, but there was evidence that the the tires had been spun and they initially assumed to have been abandoned because it didn't work. There were no keys. So the police hotwired the car and it ran fine and had a quarter tank of gas. It was also completely free on the underside of scratches, dents, and dings. And so that kind of indicates that the driver was either driving very carefully or it was somebody who was familiar with that bumpy and winding road, which none of them were. But so, like, already something must have gone very wrong because they're alone, cold, in the forest, way up in the mountains. They're at 4,400 feet. They have a big basketball game in the morning. Why did they get out of the car? So we're talking the side of the road here? The car was parked on the side of the road. Or at least like just off the road. Because they're stuck. Right. It doesn't explain why they didn't push. Right, that could have just never occurred to them. But then um, they end up going even further into the woods instead of back down from where they came. In pitch black, they wandered into the woods. Anything about footprints? Well, I guess it was three days later, well, but... maybe, he... like, you said they're kind of unfamiliar with this area. Yeah. If they've, like, traveled, like, a ways, maybe they kind of just thought, like, hey, there's obviously nothing back there for a while, and we should just keep on going forward, and maybe we'll find, like, a town or something like that. Okay. Good thinking. You know, kind, of, kind of loose, but I don't know. Yeah, I want to see, like, not that this would be any part of, like, their thinking necessarily, but I want to see, like, a Google Maps satellite I have, of, like, where the car was found. I have Just that to if see like if, in fact, yeah. Okay. Like, what, where was the closest, like, town or... The closest town. Building. It's great, perfect segue. The closest mm. town is Brownsville, 30 miles downhill from where the car was. 
Oh. And this is the, the reason I'm bringing up Brownsville is the only other person who claims to have seen these people is a store clerk in Brownsville. And she saw them two days after the disappearance, she claims. They pulled up uh, to the store in a red truck. The owner of the store corroborates her story, and uh, they appeared like kind of nerved and on edge. The clerk said they, she, she knew they were not from there because of, quote, their big eyes and faces. So, um, as Greg rightly <laughs> pointed out, that's pretty weak. But the <laughs> description of their kind of erratic behavior, the brother of Ted Wire said that was pretty spot on for how Wire acted. But that, you know, they got seen then and allegedly got seen then, but nothing ever came of that. So that was, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, I got more questions. So was the, wait a second. So the guy who we started with, with the story. Yeah. He was trapped. Red truck came up after that. The second car, right? was the red truck, whatever. He didn't see the, the, what's it called? The Montague? Montego. He, he saw it the morning <laughs> after when he was walking to, to the like nearest place to get medical attention. Oh, okay. That's when he saw the Montego. Interestingly, Brownsville. And it, that was the same spot where like they, like the troopers found it? Yes. Okay. Brownsville's also kind of in a different direction from where they were going. So that dude theater. walked 30 miles after having a heart attack? No, he walked, he found a lodge seven miles away. Which is still a long ways to walk after having a heart attack, no doubt. Yeah. I, it, it did mention that it was a fairly small heart attack, which, granted, that's still a serious situation, but, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wasn't yeah. like the guy the was, scale. like, you know, he, he probably would have survived even if he hadn't gotten medical attention, but, like, he wouldn't have been doing so hot. So there's no indication that, like, the boys ended up at that lodge for a mean minute? No. And that's what, like, okay. I am I'm about to touch on... Not touch on. Most of the mystery of this is like the condition of how one of the bodies was found. Um, oh. But it is just like with everything, the, the, this whole thing leading up to this is an extremely confusing situation. Um, obviously, there's, you know, things to be said about that guy could have been imagining stuff given the fact that he was like going through a heart attack. There's a chance that some of that could have been hallucinatory or whatever. Even he admits that. But the bodies are not found until June. A few months afterwards. So some motorcyclists are traveling through the Plumas National Forest. And they come upon a group of U.S. Forest Service managed uh, trailers. Group trailers. And one of them has a window smashed in. And when they open the front door, they are immediately hit with uh, the smell of, like, decay, like a decomposing body. And they found Wire's emaciated corpse in the trailer on a bed. Now, I'm going to get back into him, because his is the confusing one, but it is, like, they found all the bodies pretty much in the stretch of, like, three days. So I'm just going to explain those real quick. They combed the road between the trailer and the Montego the very next day, and they found Madruga and Sterling. Madruga was pretty much uh, pretty, pretty brutally uh, picked apart by animals, but, uh, you know, together enough that they were able to identify him. And just nearby, 
was Sterling, who was completely bones. Uh, they were able to identify him, though, because his clothing was right there with him. Any uh, cause of death information there? They all died of hypothermia. Uh, two days... But at different spots, man. Right. It's, a, it's like that, the Atlov. Two days later, place. Jack Hewitt's father, uh, he's been assisting with the search and rescue efforts, and he finds his son's backbone under a manzanita bush two miles northeast of the trailer, and a sheriff deputy found his skull the following day. <clears throat> different spot. Yes. Um, now, the... the Likely animals. Right, he could have been dragged. True, yeah. The trailer, Wire, Tim, Tim Wire, he is found on the bed, wrapped completely in eight bed sheets. And autopsy shows he died of both starvation and hypothermia. His feet, it was bad enough that his feet were almost gangrenous from the frostbite, and he had lost almost half of his 200-pound body weight. Oh. They were able to tell, based on how much his beard had grown from the night that they left, that he had been alive for as long as 13 weeks living in that truck. Oh. With him on the nightstand, Whoa. it's a very long time. That's a long uh, with time. With him on the nightstand were all of his personal effects, but also a gold watch that did not belong to him. The family said they had never seen it before. Despite the fact that he died of hypothermia, there was a fireplace in the trailer. It had never been used. There was matches, kindling, and fuel for the fireplace. And in a shack right next to the trailer was access to the butane control that would have given the trailer heat. It was not turned on. There was heavy, like heavy material Forest Service clothing inside the trailer that would have provided warmth that were not touched. One dozen sea ration cans were opened and consumed, but there was a locker inside the trailer with enough dehydrated food to feed five men for a year. Oh, not man. touched. He was. What did he do for water? I have absolutely no idea, Paul. Snow. He was also, um, the last note here is, he was not alone, likely, in the, camp, or in the camper because um, Mattias' shoes were in the trailer with him, just his shoes. And the sea rations were opened with a P-38 can opener. And it's likely that Mattias was the one who knew how to do that because of his experience in the Army. Mattias was one of the bodies found in between the camper and the car. Mattias is the dude who was never found. Oh, Jesus. He is still uh, missing to this day. He's probably dead. <laughs> Very likely dead. <laughs> what year was this? <laughs> 1978. 1978. Oh. Man. So, Very old man. 13 weeks from February, <laughs> even if it was the end of February, it'd still be like the end of May. It's like he right. died pretty much right before they found him, basically. Yeah. Which is which sucks. But now But like what was he doing? Well, he was not he was he's just like not looking around. Well, here's the thing. Because uh, there are some things that like obviously th this is all the information that there is, and this will likely never get solved. Um unless, like Frank pointed out, this guy gets found and <laughs> somehow. Yeah. 
Wire, the one who was in the trailer, his family said he had a big common sense problem. Like he would, they, they would have to explain to him why he should stop at a stop sign. And one time they had to drag him out of a burning house. His ceiling was on fire huh. and he refused to leave his bed because he was afraid of missing work if he left his bed. Like he was like, I need to go to bed. I have work tomorrow. I have to go to bed. Whoa. So it's possible that he just was not thinking at all for 13 straight weeks. Yeah. Wait, that straight was... survival mode of like, I need to eat food to survive. There's food here. I must not go anywhere. Right. Uh, Greg, Greg, yeah. you've been mighty quiet. Do you have anything you want to, any thoughts? I, I think that like, that's probably the best, like the biggest part of the explanation, like, or the best explanation of what happened is probably just panic, fear, and limited capability of making, or like critical thinking ability, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, so that I, was like, which I'm, one? I'm, Mattias? The part that really confuses me is the initial decision to leave the car. Right. That's the part that really seems off, off to me. And like what the hell they were doing up there in the first place. Yeah, how, why did they even go into the mountains? Yeah, there's, there's n- like no indication as to what they would be doing up there. And the this only, was uh, like they went up there at nighttime. Like yeah, it, was it was 10 p.m. when they were last seen. It, like they left the game at 10 p.m. Yeah. That's when the game ended. Um, or, or it's around there. Oh, right, like I remember the, the store, store owners. closed at 10, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. So they must have left it like, because it was a, they drove from, uh, was it uh, UC Chico or whatever? Yeah. Uh, wherever the game was. And they went and got snacks immediately after. And that was like, that, that was, was the very Chico, last. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So like, they were going up into the mountains at nighttime in February on a road that gets above the snow line. Like, what the hell led to that decision in the first place? What could be up there that could be so interesting that they would you know, risk their lives driving up there? Like, I checked, that road is now closed in the winters. It's very possible that back, it was, you know, technically closed back then too, but like, I mean, it's, I, I looked at it, it's, it's a dirt road. I've, like, Yeah. I forgot that it was in like the opposite direction of where they needed to be going too. Yeah, that makes no sense. That's the confusing part to me. That's honestly my fault. I like, I did such an ass job of making this like sound as mysterious as it is, but, um, one, when I was reading about this, though, I did get to something that kind of uh, sucked all of the mystery out of it and kind of bummed me out. But it doesn't explain why they were there in the first place, which I guess I'll say firsthand. I well, pretty sh- wait, whoa, 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 wait, wait, pause for a second, though. Yeah. Because we've, we've only found three bodies. No, so th- there's four total bodies. One has never been found. There's the guy in the trailer, the guy who's dad found his spine and skull and then there were the two yeah. that were dead together oh one okay. was one was so, torn apart and one was just bones which one owned the car madrugas uh, jack jack t- fuck <laughs> <laughs> jack madruga and he was one oh, of the okay. two that was found okay so not the vet and not the lack of common sense guy no the vet okay. the, I was going to offer something yeah. up there, but so there's nothing. It doesn't explain why they got there in the first place, which I think uh, a pretty leading theory is that Mattias, the one who's never been found, he, he did have kind of like a history of violent outbursts sometimes. 
Yeah, that was that pairs along with his schizophrenia. Like he was a, he was charged with assault twice. Um, and uh, that's like the success story they were talking about with like his mental health. Um, that was because he was like violent, a violent man, and um, apparently like the meds really helped cool him down. So, so like the leading theory is that they were kind of like coerced by him, possibly. Yeah, but the reason they might have gone into the woods is three days before they were they abandoned the car the forest service had a snow track go through to clear snow off the tops of the trailers so they didn't collapse so it's possible that they followed the tracks of that snow track to the trailers because they were like oh this is like there are tracks leading here vehicle tracks leading here so this might have some sort of you know help for us and then they think the two that were found together, one of them collapsed from, because these two, the two that were found together were like dope friends. They were very close friends. Uh, they think that one of them maybe collapsed from hypothermia or like getting cold and the other one like refused to leave his side and they both just died. Because they think the then Wire and um, Mattias and Jack Hewitt, they think those three all possibly made it to the trailer. Even though only Mattis' stuff, but, you know, Hewitt was found very close to the trailer, so he might have died at a separate point of whatever. Yeah. Ah, man. The whole, the scattered about thing is obviously confusing. Well, I mean, maybe not, I don't know. Yeah. Thing is, like, do you guys think is Mattias also just, do you think he just died around the same time, just in like a remote enough spot that they never found his remains? That's what I would think. This area is pretty, pretty remote. Yeah. And they were found super far from where the car was. There's a lot of places he yeah. could have gone like... that he would have not been located at. That's a great question. Cause I don't know at what point do they like give up the search? You know, yeah, because like, there's probably there's a lot of land to cover, but until you've actually walked the entire land, you just don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like it could just be not. It could be not that remote or far off of a place where his body is. It could just be like, fell in between the, you know, tracks of the search party or something like. Or an animal dragged into a place where they couldn't find it. Yeah, because they're, they're looking for bones at this point. Yeah. So. Or it could have fell in a, like in a spot where, um, like say something like a uh, like a landslide or something like that would have buried the bones. Because uh, that's not a not exactly an uncommon occurrence up in up in the mountains. Mm. Right. I want to know more about their intellectual disabilities because. Like there's a there are a few decisions yeah. here where it's like very questionable. Uh, right, where it could be it could be either they were strong armed into it or they just made hilariously yeah, exactly. bad decisions. According to who was it, their father? Um, a lot of the descriptions of their like behavior and things like that were like spot on. Like, like the weird weird decision making and stuff like that. Like was yeah. So it was but... Weir's brother. He said that their reported behavior was pretty spot on. What about the red truck sighting? 
Didn't weren't they spotted now, see, with the red truck or in the red truck? With the red truck, two days after they abandoned in the car. Brownsville, right or whatever. Yes, which is thirty miles away. Yeah. So if that is true, that's like, and then you know, you also bring back in the woman with the baby. What's up with her? So nobody knows. The only tell, you wait, tell me, partner. the only reported like the only person who saw this woman and said anything about it was the the heart attack man. Like nobody was else was able with... to corroborate that. So it's very it's she... very possible it could have just been a hallucination. Yeah. Yeah. But if there's a, a mystery truck and mystery people that like you know they didn't have a truck, right? And you know who's this well, woman? So if those two things are true, this is yes. a very mysterious case <laughs> indeed, and not more of more of a a mystery than an accident. I, I mean, how does the trailer play into this? Do we know who owns the it's trailer? The US, yeah, the Forest Service. It was it's owned and operated by the Forest Service for like rangers and search and rescue teams. Just so, there was like a cabin or building, and then there was like four portable trailers. But like, who's to say that this woman wasn't just kind of squatting up? Yeah, it's you possible. know. And then like obviously these guys come in, and they like, you know, they obviously spook her out of there. So. Mm. Yeah, the one thing that I I wish I knew is, like, if Mattias died, when he died, changes a lot in my mind about uh, Wire staying in that trailer for as long as he did. Like, if Wire saw him like, die, if he, what if you know if he's if he if he was alive the whole time and just like was there the whole time that guy was alive and then maybe like dipped when he left or died rather, or if he you know, died pretty pretty quickly after and Wire was alone for all that time. But Well now it's the problem with unresolved yeah, mysteries, man. You'll never the get biggest an like hang up that I have is the sighting of them in Brownsville with the red truck, like thirty miles away. So two days after, right? And they weren't uh, damn it. Um when were they first discovered? <laughs> um Wait, like, do, when did they turn up missing? Turn up missing. <laughs> <laughs> no, they that. were discovered, like, months later, you said, right? In June? June, yeah, in June. I, yeah, I guess I just don't understand why, like, if they were in town with the red truck or whatever, that would mean they'd have to have gone back to where the car was and then ended up in their various positions right. and died. Like, <laughs> Yeah, true. So if that red truck sighting is true, it, that makes even less sense. It is interesting that the truck the truck was seen by two people, so t- two very separate independent people. Yeah. I don't know, man. I um any thoughts, Paul? No. Um so I know you kind of mentioned this topic during Die Out Love. Um and and maybe I missed it during my brief intermission there. Um, but didn't you say that someone overheard these guys talking? That, I think that was, when I was telling you that, that I was going off the story Frank had Frank told, told me. Okay. I think Frank was just misremembering okay. it. 
So was, that's been. I mean, he did hear. He heard voices like the group that was when he initially saw that car pull up and he saw the headlights. He heard them talking and they stopped talking when he called out for help. But it wasn't like as ominous as it was when I told you about it in the in, in the yeah. Because that's been in like the back of my head this entire time. I was waiting until yeah. we got to it. And it was like I don't think we're gonna get to it. So uh, no, and that's that's I that was what I wanted to. Um, lean into i hate to have my insecurity come out on the pod but i am absolutely ashamed of how i handled this episode more than i ever have been um i think i really blew it on the storytelling and we're only at 37 minutes not including paul's absence even though that was only like 10 15 seconds well the, i mean so i'm well, thinking hold on hold on don't discredit yourself because think about the fact pattern here what order would anybody expect you to tell the story in? You know what I mean? Like it's it is the a weird fact one, yeah. pattern is like somebody took a can of paint and and not not just dumped it on a wall, but like threw the actual can of paint at the wall, <laughs> and we're like, yeah, tell okay. the story of these dots. You know, <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't blame um, yourself that much. Well, thank you. Um, that that said, if I would like to brainstorm now and from me starting this sentence, this will be removed. Is there any other thing we can talk about to pad some time a little bit? Like, I don't have time. We don't have time to do like research on another <laughs> location, but uh, is there some sort of <laughs> substantive discussion? We can well, have I have, I have a pretty put together theory. Okay. Let's and start then, with that. Well, like I said, we, okay. we could, we could go with some comparisons to Dyatlov. Right. All right. Okay. Just give me a second to think here. Sure. The Russians. That's my theory. <laughs> That's how this all ties back in. So, yeah, they stumbled on like an uh, they stumbled on a Soviet base in disguised as you know, forest service. You know, they found in those uh forest service and trailers. Hillary Hillary Clinton's emails. <laughs> <laughs> they knew they had to hide. A young a young <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> Yeah. Start the episode with those two theories right there. <laughs> this is how it all went down. So before I start my theory, I have one clarification question. D the the man who was having the heart attack, the first car that showed up with the people that got out with the flashlights and the talking and all that, did that car then drive away before the red truck came? Yes. Yes, they were about an hour apart. And then the red truck also drove away. The red truck stopped for 30 seconds and then pulled away. And what, the, the yeah. pregnant woman, was she in the first car? Yes. Yeah, you go ahead and try to piece together <laughs> fucking theory. Fucking yeah, that's really confusing. Cause, like, what I was kind of going through when I was trying to, just like a few minutes ago, is like for certain theories to work, you have to like just ignore certain things. <laughs> it's like you can't get one grand unifying theory. So here's what I think. These five boys, the boys, the boys were at the basketball game. They right. went to the convenience store to get some snacks before they left town. 
as they left the convenience store, they run into this woman with child. And woman with child okay. explains how she was just like, I don't know, left in Brownsville. Well, Chico, right? Left in Chico by her yeah. boyfriend, drives a red truck, like, you know, abusive guy or whatever. And she needs a ride home. For whatever reason, she needs a ride home. So they get in the car, bring woman with child. She directs them. That's why they go in the opposite direction, okay? She lives up in the mountains on this little dirt road. And they come across heart attack guy. Now, Mr. Mistakes in Common Sense convinces them a couple times that they actually don't want to approach the car and help the person. So they eventually get in the car and then leave. They drop her off or whatever. Uh, I don't know how close the Montenegro. Mont- what is it? Montego. Montego. <laughs> Montego. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Montego is to where that heart attack guy's <laughs> car was. But I assume they drop her off. They're driving on the road. You know, Mr. Bad Common Sense says pull over. Uh, they split up, go their various direction. No, 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 not yet. So they pull over. <laughs> red red, wait, wait, not red yet, truck not guy sees them pulled over, pulls up and says, hey, you need a lift? And they jump in the truck. They go to Brownsville. Man, I don't know. Maybe to get some snacks. Bad common sense guy convinces them to yeah. be like, okay, we got to go back to the car tonight. Let's just load up on snacks and go back. They go back, sit in the car, decide to leave, spread out, die, etc. Okay. Uh, I don't. Subscribe to it, but uh, I'm glad you were able it to piece it together. It was a struggle. Together. You could tell. I, I do have a question though. Of do we know? Because the guy in the trailer, he died 13 weeks later, roughly. How long did it take the other, what two guys, who died just out over the wilderness? Is it close to that date, or is it like immediate? I don't. No, it didn't say, and I'm wondering if there's, like, I'm wondering if in cases like that, when bodies are found after, like, melt and, you know, hypothermia conditions, if it's a little harder to place time of death. Yeah, I'm not too sure how that works, but I kind of wonder that, too, is, like, maybe, like, these guys that left went to go get help at some point, and then they just, right. you know, wandered around, got lost. That's totally possible, yeah. So that kind of explains their... Their deaths are easy, like the last one, where, you know, the couple by the fire and stuff like that, the, those deaths are easy, but I imagine yeah, the video... that's what's happening to this guy who hasn't been found, he just, they just didn't find him during the search. But... but no shoes. Yeah, he's out there. Again, no shoes. What is this? That's, that's they, the guy I, I love. Similarity. Uh, yeah, I, I have no idea. Unless he, like... I don't know, swapped shoes. With Maybe some, there was an extra know. pair of boots in this trailer. Yeah. Like actual like good um, boots. 
that is one thing that just occurred to me is the video Greg and I watched about this before the guy at the end was like, he was kind of ramping up this whole narrative about like, what if they saw something at that basketball game that scared them so much that they, you know, just try to get as far away as they could and hide. But also like it just, I just kind of realized if you're running that scared, why would you stop and get snacks? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Gotta grab, yeah. gotta get this milk before I get killed. Yeah. If you're driving, <laughs> if you're so scared that you're driving miles in the direction, nobody knows, like nobody's been over there of the people you're with and you <laughs> run from your car when it stops and shack up in a forest service trailer for 13 weeks. You're probably not going to get that milk. Gotta get that milk. Okay, so Greg, what do you think about? Why don't you lead us off on the uh, Diablo comparison? I'm not. Since it was your bright idea, uh, you're not prepared um, to do so. Hmm, uh, no, I'm not. Actually, I'm not prepared in the slightest. They, <laughs> I, wow. I have yet to listen to the Diablo episode, and I do you know anything about it? I've, I've watched videos contract. on it and things like that before, but it's been a long you just enough. Have that a cursory knowledge, correct? Yeah. Okay. Vaguely aware of the. Um, the basketball well, game was in a test zone for the Russian military, yeah, and yeah. so oh, they yeah. were testing nuclear weapons well, uh, in Chico, California. One of the interesting things to note, I think, is that how how comparatively different like the situations are, where it's like the the Atlaw Fast incident weren't those like seasoned hikers that were like yes. well trained, well yes. prepared, and they still you know. And they ended up, like, what isn't one of the leading theories behind, like, kind of what happened there is, like, a lot of the weird stuff that went on is due to, like, not psychosis, but, like, basically being, going crazy from being trapped out in the snow, in, like, a hopeless scenario. Yeah, like, like, and I'm, I'm willing, part of it, I'm yeah. willing to bet that that probably played a role in some of these bad decisions, too, by these guys. Like, they already had, like, lessened critical thinking abilities and combine panic with that, like... Yeah, you throw some catabetic winds at them. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Well, I can like kind of relate in some sense too that just like your thought process when you're out in the woods away from civilization just definitely changes sometimes. Oh, absolutely. Like one time, like I went to a uh, Big Bend actually by myself once. Yeah. And oh. I was like 8 miles away from the trailhead out there camping and there was a storm that rolled in. And not as bad as Corpus Christi, <laughs> oh, but geez. like you know, what um, But still, it was pretty. It was pretty intense. And I was the entire like ten minutes of my thought process was like, okay, if I start taking on water, I need to start hiking back and try to get back to the trailhead, back to the car. And it's like the middle of the night, and so it's like I just kind of came to is like, what the hell am I saying? Uh. I'm not hiking eight miles in the rain in the storm just because my tent got a little wet like i think just sometimes your your brain just goes all haywire when you're thinking survival but it's a good point Absolutely. you know i can only compare like what this would have been like especially with some of these guys who are already not thinking straight yeah very good point. Yeah, I like it. Something that's still digging at me, though, is just the, we've said it a million times already, but the, the why they went into the woods, in the woods the, like, not the, into the woods, but, like, into the mountains. Right. What led them to go that? That is the one thing, yeah, that we have, we have not been able to there's, nail There's down. nothing. There, there's no, I mean, it's, uh, Well, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Pregnant woman just needed her, her 
woman with child just needed a ride home. I <laughs> Well, like what's interesting, I was looking up some of the stuff in the area and I'm like I was wondering how developed the area was. I'm like, you know, was anybody even living up there back then? The answer is unequivocally yes. Like the so uh to get up there you have to go over a bridge that goes over a massive reservoir, one of the largest in Northern California, Lake Oroville. Um and uh the original bridge that went over where they would have had to drive on to go to where they went was built in 1856. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so like there's definitely and I and I looked like so the road they were on like if they kept going uh they'd go to what's this lake called? Um Bucks Lake, which is a, like today a fairly popular like recreation area like if you zoom into it on Google Maps, you can see there's like, you know, a dozen boats or so on the on the lake and there's like inns and a marina and stuff like that in the town of Bucks Lake which is I'm sure tiny but like it's not it's not really that unlikely that there were people that are that like would be driving on that road even in the winter back then like so they were just going ice fishing that's exactly right yeah yeah well, yeah. in February in California. The the weird thing is that the <laughs> so to get to Bucks Lake like the easy way and from like the more populated area is there's a town called Quincy uh northeast of where they where they were found like probably I don't know 15 20 miles something like that and Quincy is like a vacation spot like I I know a lot of people like go up there to go um camping and hiking and stuff like that. Um so, like, mo- I, you would imagine that the traffic going towards that, like, Box Lake area would probably be coming from the other side. You know, like, the likelihood that somebody would be coming down from Lake Oroville and, like, and going up in these, like, all these little tiny towns that are up in this area are, like, at most, like, a dozen people. Like, there's there's not really any any reason to be coming from that direction. I guess if you were, and like... probably not at, like late at night. Yeah, it's just, like, know, a weird... After a fresh snow or whatever. Yeah, I, I guess if you were... Like, it doesn't even really make sense of, like, if you were coming in from, like, the Central Valley, like, you know, the populated areas down, not in the mountains, like, there's a different highway that would, you know, that would get you there faster. So, like, yeah, I mean, it's it's not that crazy that there's a car driving there, but it's it's definitely a weird occurrence, especially that late at night. Just all definitely adds to the confusion. Yeah. The one, the one circumstance in which I, I think that that um, the guy who's never found, there's only like one thing I think that would ever cause his body to be found, and that's if um, there was if there was like a logging going on in that area. Oh yeah, because I feel like like a, like logging is one of those things where even though a lot of it's automated at this point, you you still have people on the ground, right? And like bones and things like that, and bodies have been found by logging crews before. So oh, I'm sure. That is that would be the only scenario where I could see that family finally getting some closure. We'll make sure to do a follow up episode if they find us. Yeah. I mean, if that if that does happen, that'd be incredible. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. That would be a true. That'd be a sign of a truly long lasting podcast. It'd be <laughs> tomorrow, yeah. forty years later. <laughs> well, I like I listened to. I don't think it was a podcast, but it was a like a long <laughs> long video about um. Where was it? It was, there, it was this treasure chest. I don't know if you guys saw. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. That's up Colorado. here. Oh, me. that is. Okay. Wait, gotcha. What? 
Wait, save it for yeah. we should do an episode. No, no, no. I want to hear the shit right now. What is <laughs> oh, it? God damn it. <clears throat> um, so it's uh, Forrest Fenn's Treasure. Okay, great. Great, good story. Greg is oh, typing furiously. Uh, no, uh, he's oh, typing one-handed <laughs> a hunt and I mean, pack, I can, so I can talk the about it if you want. Greg on the research yeah, desk. The Fenn Treasure. So, okay, Paul, so, give us the primer. Greg, give us the... Uh... Yes, yeah. This actually would be a good episode. We shouldn't, shouldn't probably shouldn't. Have I was gonna it. say, uh, we, could, uh, we could talk about it. Yeah, later. well, there's not much to it now. Well, <sighs> well, I guess, uh, I guess we can all have our have our theories. But at the end of the day, we're never gonna get a satisfying answer out of this one. Just like so many others that keep me up at night, like Devil's Hollow. But um, oh. and a uh, bit of a shorter app. But uh, as you saw, we. <laughs> we took a juicy nugget of information, decided to strip it into a whole top, a uh, whole episode. So, <sighs> see you next time. Yeah, see you. Yeah, outro music. <laughs> Yo, one time for your mind. This is grind time. Check and welcome to the grind house. And we gon' do it West Indian style for you this time. Yo, Smith and Cash on the beat. When the clock go blam, blam, boom. You doggy doggy dig it done, you're done, done. No, there's nowhere to hide, nowhere to run, run. Grand time, motherfuckers, here we come, come. Once again, when the clock go blam, blam, boom. You doggy doggy dig it done, you're done, done. No, there's nowhere to hide, nowhere to run, run. Grand time, motherfuckers, here we come.